Greetings from Denver, Colorado. Your hostess on this voyage is Rachel. Cancer Sun. Cancer Moon. Gemini Rising. I want to learn and understand more about EMDR. I think the first thing to address with that is what it stands for and what it is. Space cord, space cord. Space cord. We would like to introduce you to Erin. Virgo Sun. Taurus Moon. Scorpio Rising. So EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And I'll just do a little, sh- a little spiel. Yeah. So I think we were talking this morning, I used the phrase like the past is present. It's this idea that the things that happen today are kind of in your memory, you know, like you can recount them. Um, and when you go to bed tonight, your mind will process those memories and they will kind of put them, I like to think in like filing cabinets. And right, be advised, I am not like an EMDR consultant, like I've been to some training. So this definite, this is how I just kind of mm-hmm. explain it. If something today happened that was really disturbing and really overwhelmed your ability to cope, something really traumatic, let's say you saw a car accident, there is a chance that when you went to sleep tonight that that would not process in the same way and would live in kind of like a hot state or in kind of like a more alive state. And, and the senses that you, you know, what you experience, kind of the horror and maybe the body fear and some of those sensations are strongly attached as a part of that memory. And so they're all kind of linked together. There might also be a, um, a neg- we call it negative cognition or belief about yourself, like I'm not safe or I'm out of control or something like that. And that belief about yourself also gets connected there. So everything else, this conversation gets processed. And so you can still recall it like, oh, Aaron and I had a talk, but it's just, it's referenced kind of in like the normal way. Whereas then maybe if you're trauma memory didn't get processed then when you hear something that reminds you of that or in another situation where you feel a bit out of control you might get kind of a wave or a wash of that body fear like and like it's just a higher intensity than whatever that present situation is you know if you have a fight with someone that kind of makes you feel a little bit out of control you might get a wash of like your car accident somehow somehow like that that's that link that that you step into that and so if like you think about it and actually usually I use a whiteboard and I draw this out so audio is really Um, so audio is hard so but if you think about so if like that kind of hot memory is floating when you bump into it because something reminds you of it either with how you feel about yourself or a sound so like a sensory memory then suddenly whatever situation you are in, you are responding with the weight, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so then over a lifetime that can happen. So something mm-hmm. happened in childhood and they, those memories can kind of start to get linked together. So you mm-hmm. could have a memory chain mm-hmm. and it could, mm-hmm. the theme could be feeling out of control or the theme could be, I'm not safe. Um, and so then it can be very hard 
for us to kind of navigate that and sure. even kind of like correctly assign what belongs where. Right. So in e EMDR, what we are doing is, you know, someone would come to me with like, you know, and it's usually not saying like, I have issues with feeling out of control when I am in a fight, but it maybe so maybe it's relationship issues. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would just do the normal kind of history taking and, and understanding what's going on. That process is hopefully bringing us to a place where we kind of have a map of the big issues of what's going on right now. And then we would go through a process where we would be trying to link that back to the earliest recollection you can have mm -hmm. of feeling that way, mm -hmm. experiencing that, and that we would call the touchstone memory, like mm -hmm. the very first time. Should we cue the music? Touched for the very first time. Oh. No, too <laughs> inappropriate? That'll happen from time to time on <laughs> Space Court. Super inappropriate. <laughs> oh, so, man. Sorry, touchstone memory. Um, touchstone memory. So, the other thing is that, like, so tonight when you sleep and you your brain processes this conversation you and I are having. We don't 100% know how the brain is doing that and what processes are going on. There are, there are theories that there is a connection to the REM sleep cycle, the rapid eye movement. So in an EMDR processing, so we would kind of have our map and mm -hmm. we know um, kind of the presenting issue we have an understanding of kind of the clinical landscape and, and what we think it links back to. Mm -hmm. We also have now labeled kind of like, what's that negative belief about yourself? I'm not safe, there's something wrong with me, I'm out of control. What would you like to believe about yourself? Like even when I think of that scary childhood thing, I would like to really fully believe, but I'm safe now, or like, but I'm in control now, you mm -hmm. know? Like I don't want to feel that kind of gut punch something's wrong with me like I really want to believe like I am loved I am lovable whatever it is and it will be unique for you and mm -hmm. we will have mapped that out and so then we're gonna like recollect that memory and we will create bilateral stimulation either with that eye movement and so again I realize this is an audio recording that eye movement of eyes going back and forth mm -hmm. so people are following a finger is a this finger a light box for people who um, vision has challenges, it can be like hand sensors. So mm -hmm. there's some sort of bilateral stimulation. So like this side, that side, this side, this okay. side, that side. And that, again, there have been really interesting and strong clinical studies to show that it's almost like that seems to kickstart that natural hmm. um, information processing system mm -hmm. and we can see really kind of like rapid shifts of like that memory that so like someone with PTSD mm -hmm. has got these like alive memories and I hear a car backfire and I hit the ground you know mm -hmm. we have seen that memory be able to process through like in, in a relatively short amount of time so when is the finger following mm -hmm. implemented you do the map you you figure out okay, mm -hmm. the touchstone point and the reprogramming, right, of this was reprocessing. Is it during that time when you realize like the narrative wants to be, okay, but now I'm safe? Is that when you start to follow mm. my eye? Follow my eye now? You know. So there would be, right, so like before there's any sort of bilateral simulation, I have seen you for at least like four sessions for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like this is 
down the road. We don't just jump so EMDR in. EMDR is a... It's a big process. It's an eight-stage process. I don't, we don't need to get into all that, sure. but it's generally a, a long history taking, mm -hmm. a mapping. Mm -hmm. Part of the mapping is the negative belief about yourself and what you would like to believe about sure. yourself. And then we get to the point of like the bilateral stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to get to the point where that memory, even when I recollect that memory, the level of distress that I feel is actually a zero from zero to 10. So like I can think about it and it was sad depending on what the memory was. Sure. Like it's not like it, oh, it feels great now, but I don't feel upset. I don't mm -hmm. cry when I think about it. I don't get, in, you know, whatever mm -hmm. that is for mm -hmm. you. And then that positive belief, I would like to believe I'm safe now. Mm -hmm. That on a scale of one to seven, that you, that's a seven. You really do believe that, even when you mm -hmm. think about that, mm -hmm. that memory. Anyway, there's also some, so we talk about like past, present, because this is all linked to like present challenges that you're having. Mm -hmm. And so then we wanna see, is there any shift kind of in mm -hmm. that present situation? Um, and we also think to future templates. So like whatever this present kind of problem is you've come up with, imagine a time in the future. How would you like to be able to handle that? Mm -hmm. And then we actually kind of process that mm -hmm. and try and like install those, you know, positive beliefs about yourself. And, and so of course this is like a way oversimplified version. Like there's so right. many variations and so many other steps and procedures, but this is generally mm. when I would be talking with someone if they, I think they're if I think they could benefit from it, and, and I'm talking, kind of mm -hmm. presenting it to them to see if they're interested in, mm -hmm. in pursuing that. This would be a bit of the spiel. Sure. Again, I would have a whiteboard. Right. Who do you feel would benefit most from this? I really, I really do think like that most people would benefit. In order to get to a place where we could look at the past, I need people to be stable enough or able to cope with really intense emotions in the present. So if I have someone who comes in who um, kind of that like affect regulation, like it, like very difficult, you know, that that's very hard, then we're gonna spend time there to stabilize that. Because sure. you need to, and so then we talk about like practices and, skills to help regulate your emotions because there, as you can imagine and um you were talking earlier like so i have done this myself mm -hmm. a bit i would actually like to do more you can i mean i definitely cry hard mm -hmm. and ugly mm -hmm. and like you need to have skills to tolerate that mm -hmm. and can bring yourself back and not that you have to be you know, perfectly functioning, mm -hmm. but that that needs to be an okay thing. And so there are a few like indications, you know, again, there's a few presentations of someone that that's just not their story. Like mm -hmm. that's, that would be too hard. Um, again, there's so many different protocols out there. So I would really only talk to for me because there are other people who treat lots and lots of different things, but for, but that is it, but that's across the board. Someone needs to um, be able to, to manage that. But I really think that most of us, I mean, it's so funny because now, and of course I just did this weekend two training. So I feel like I'm seeing everything through that lens. Mm. And so I feel like it's in every conversation that I have and in myself. Oh my. And that's where it's like, I feel like I have a list of things that I'm really starting to compile of like, Oh, I need, that was an overreaction. And I know why. Mm. And I can manage it, mm -hmm. you know, but I 
would love to live in a space where I don't get that gut punch. I would love to live in a space where I don't even get that strong wash of anger Mm. um, or dread or whatever that really, you know, like, and now that I've been in this world and now that I'm treating people, like, I think that is possible. Mm. I think that's so powerful. Mm. Um, And I have certainly had that experience as well. Like, again, with the few, my few experiences with being the client. Right. Speaking of your experiences and EMDR, I want to find out how it came across your path. And I heard about it a long time ago when it was still kind of in its stages of really just to be used like for the car accident, you know, like kind of single incident trauma. Um, and I didn't pay that much attention to it. And then probably 15 years later, it kept coming up, like just mention, mention, mention. And I was doing um, private practice therapy in Myanmar where I live. And it was just a strong like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I should do this thing. And I will say, so um, like the World Health Organization has two recommended treatments for trauma, EMDR um, and something called trauma-focused CBT. And um, I won't get into like what that is, but I will say that between the two, I really was really, really intrigued with EMDR. Um, And so that kind of cemented it for me as I was- was What was the intrigue? So sometimes when you're treating trauma, there is a level of desensitization. So kind of like, I'm going to need every detail of the traumatic incident. What were you smelling? What were you feeling? What were you, and, and we are going to kind of re-experience that together in a safe place, but over and over and over again. And it is clinically proven to be effective when done correctly. Like I'm not slamming on that for the record. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't really drawn to it either. When I understood that EMDR, so basically like, we're gonna make our map, we're gonna make our list, but I don't even need to know every single detail. Mm. There is some desensitization to it, but it it appeared to me like to be way less, just less. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea because I think that many people who have experienced trauma and who have kind of like quote like done the work like I've learned them like mm-hmm. I've got like mm-hmm. I don't want to and yet I'm still living with some of the remnants of it like mm-hmm. then if there is a way that I can assist in that space without having to do the real heavy um digging or digging maybe repeat and the re-experiencing digging right in so many ways or and, and it's not re-experiencing but it, it is like again like a desensitization um so that really intrigued me yeah, this kind of just spoke to a lot of things and then it was kind of perfect place, like started digging around and saw that there was actually like an EMDR Institute training in Singapore, which is very close to me, you know, in two months. And so just, you know, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went. And so you um, are in travel right now. Right now. And mm-hmm scheduled another training last week yeah so I knew I needed so you have to do two weekends um, and then you have to actually practice in between and have you know clinical supervision Um, and so I was interested I could have continued I could have done another one overseas um, but there's kind of some details with kind of keeping up my clinical license so I'm still licensed in the US actually in the state of Hawaii. Uh-huh. Ooh, good uh-huh. choice. I mean, I was, <laughs> it was a choice. I mean, I just kept my license. I used to live there. Right. Um, right. Yep. Yeah, so I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I am in a group 
psychotherapy practice. So I do, yeah, therapy with adults in Myanmar or Burma. Um, we've been there two and a half years. And I feel like I've had multiple lives and careers. Like I've been pretty, um, there's lots of different things I can do. In Hawaii, I was working in hospice, which I really, really liked. This word trauma, mm. how do you, I mean, surely there's a spectrum of trauma, but is trauma trauma? If you say it's a trauma, you know, for the most part, then it, it, then it is a trauma. I think that there are very specific definitions. We roughly look at something that overwhelmed your ability to cope. Okay. So there's something uh, sometimes, and, and it keeps changing, you know, like this will date itself immediately because of course all these things are being updated, but they're, uh, at one point we were, and still do sometimes talk about big T's or little T's, like big traumas where like the DSM, like like the, the, the people who make the diagnoses, this is the categories, you know, mm -hmm. it needed to include this, this and this. And then, but, and then we talked about little T's mm -hmm. and a lot of the childhood stuff, um, what we're understanding is that what we, even as adults, look at small things, um, but from a child's perspective, um, being humiliated, being really, really scared in your bed during a thunderstorm and calling for mom and dad who can't hear you and being alone, like <laughs> those things can be as devastating, as impactful totally depending on the individual, totally depending on so many different factors. Mm. I think what's interesting is that we often, and many of us who are, you know, decently functioning, mm -hmm. um, will come in and be like, but I haven't had any experience, like nothing bad has ever, nothing that bad has ever happened to me, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I do often kind of lean into some of those descriptions a bit just to normalize that like, it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. that you experienced a carjacking mm -hmm. you know it really mm -hmm. can be these other things just to open all of our minds to and and that helps me as we're kind of doing that mapping and a little bit of that exploration like we are on an adventure together and mm -hmm. we're just looking at the history to try and understand mm -hmm. so that we know what to target for mm -hmm. like some of our target memories mm -hmm. um, and so I need then my client to also kind of open their minds a bit because then suddenly things can come up that are like oh Mm -hmm. yeah, just to, to go from beginning to end, mm -hmm. you do the map, mm. eight, eight step program process, if you will. I mean, there's stages. Um, yes, sure, sure. sure. You finally get to the <laughs> eye movement reprocessing. The bilateral stimulation. Yes. Sure. And that's what's happening. You're literally, so, so based mm. on doing that processing, that opens up a gateway for Mm. the files to be appropriately mm. stored. Mm. Is mm. this, is yeah, this correct? Kind of like things start moving and it's like almost if you can imagine like, um, like a train mm -hmm. and we're going to like move and you're seeing almost images of other memories. They can be related, mm -hmm. they can be unrelated, mm -hmm. they can be super disturbing. Mm -hmm. And we're just like riding this train. Like we're just trying to move from this place and we're just going to go to that place where the memories are supposed to be stored. And that can be very overwhelming. And so like we do some bilateral simulation and then we stop, like, what are you noticing? Sometimes people can have really intense insights, um, so, connections. Okay, so you're through the, through the, the rapid eye movement or th through the bilateral simulation. Stimulation. You can call them eye movements. 
you're having a conversation about these memories so and we storing do like them a set. Okay. So I will do a set and depending on the person, but like standard is somewhere between 20 and 30 kind of passes back okay. and forth. Either and are you asking like questions during this? So during that, there's nothing. Okay. And then I'll stop. Yeah. Um, and I'll say kind of like, what do you notice? Right. Or what did you get? And, and, and they'll just, I don't need a huge long description. Sure. Like I kind of just want to make sure that we're moving. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they're kind of still here. Like they're able to still here be present with uh-huh. me as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then we go again. And, and that can go for a long time. It can go for a short time. Is hypnosis at all? I mean, just strictly because of the eye and the finger mm. bit, there's a part there's of me that no thinks There's no altered hip- state. Okay. It is not so a So the person is, is conscious the entire time. I, it, it is necessary for the person to be 100% conscious. And actually, if the person started to move into that state, almost, if, or if there was like some in- dissociation going on, I would actually need to stop mm. and come back to kind of a grounded, and now we're going to kind of take a turn and, and start doing kind of something else. So it's really not. I, the eye movements, totally. And, and mm-hmm. I will say, though, I'm not an expert in Sure, process. sure. So You're I in the beginning, right? It has good science behind it. Um, random control trials and whatnot has really good outcomes. Okay. What's interesting is what where the science is still, um, like the the studies that still they would like to do is like what is actually happening. You know, like MRI cell. Like what is actually sure. happening during the whole process? Right. Because this is um, an unknown, right? This is still I the mean, science there are, there can't. Are, right. There's not 100% certainty in kind of all of the why it works. Like, we know it works. But the actual, like, pure 100%, this is why, this is absolutely, we know mm-hmm. this and then this and then mm-hmm. this. Like, that is still, there are still some things we don't know. Do you have any theories around that? So, in terms of how the brain and then actually 100% functions, like, I can't speak to that I think what makes sense to me I think the the description that I gave to you that like when we sleep at night what happens today gets filed you Mm -hmm. know and things like that and then if there's like a strong disruption in that process Mm -hmm. like that explanation feels true Mm -hmm. someone that's interested in exploring this further what do they do they just have to google EMDR Mm. therapist in my area or yeah there's also um yep so if that if you if you felt like that there's the emdr institute i would look that up or something called emdria e-m-d-r-i-a and that's um like the international association for emdr um and the founder is francine shapiro she has a book that's like an anyone can read book that is is but also it it takes you to the point of kind of as much you can do on your own before you actually need it mm, to mm-hmm. work with a therapist sure. it's called getting past your past um and that's quite interesting yeah. um and it has a lot of like the techniques even like the kind of emotional regulation the things that we actually use it has it there because you can do that on your own or even like mm-hmm. so you and i right full disclosure right. we were having a conversation this yes. morning and just some of that kind of breakdown, like, oh, that's interesting. Like this present day situation right. is triggering this thing for me. Right. What's a negative belief that Around. that includes? Right. How would I like to be able, you know, like you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's what I can't, like, I'm not going to, when we do a bilateral simulation, there is always the chance that that can cause like an ab reaction. Like that can bring up a hit, something you didn't know. Mm-hmm an old trauma that 
your mind has done a really wonderful, good job of protecting you from. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. You need to be ready for that. And that's mm -hmm. something that I would disclose with some of my work. Right. Like dark things could come up mm -hmm. that you are not fully conscious of right now. And like, yeah. what are the risks and, and benefit, you know, we have to be ready. And that, so that's where, right. It needs, it's, it's not something that's a one-off. Like it's a, it's a real process. Um, so anyway, I'll just say this way you don't go and like just start doing eye movements in the back uh, of the mirror. I wish. You know, like you, you but, but it's okay because there are wonderfully support, you know, trained right. people who are yeah. so happy. Like I love it. I love it. But it is, it's really interesting because I really feel like now, and you know how that happens when you go, when you experience something, then you see it everywhere. Right. It's a powerful practice that then, yeah, people have taken and kind of run with and done different things with. For me kind of going back to the source so that's the EMDR Institute founded by Dr. Francine Shapiro like that's been really important to me those trials those clinical studies it's on that protocol so just just to be mindful of that when you're the doing integrity your own research of, right every therapist is different and so right. if you've had a bad experience with someone like that doesn't mean it's therapy it could just be that that wasn't the right clinician for you mm -hmm. and so in the same thing you know um, sure. I feel like I would always be remiss like no one is alone. There are people out there who want to talk to you about anything and everything. I find it very um, exciting. It's an exciting thing. It's true. Well, this is, I mean, it is very interesting. Everything that you've just said, and also me not even really being in that world. The fact mm. that EMDR has come across my circles interesting. in interesting ways. To me, that means this is now in an accelerated it's stage. Rising. It's rising because it works. And That's because great. what used to take years and years and years of therapy can now be done oftentimes, sometimes in a much shorter time frame. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. It's really remarkable to see to see it, it done well. And mm -hmm. again, nothing is 100% absolute all the time, but mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's, it's really interesting. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe that the body and mind were created to be well and created to be whole and meant function and I think sometimes there are adjustments that need and I really see this as kind of a very like minimally invasive in adjustment mm. you know like mm -hmm. I don't know and so it's really interesting and then it's like I love that idea of the jump starting the natural processing it's kind of like get in and get out of the way and like you're fine you were meant to be fine mm -hmm. I believe you're gonna be fine mm -hmm. and holding that space and being present for that I got goosebumps thinking about that it's very very powerful cool. very powerful mm -hmm. yep yep Space Core, Space Core.